I'm Lindsay Wilson, and this is Business of Glam, the podcast where we discuss business, beauty, building your best life, and everything in between. On this episode of Business of Glam, we talk with haberdasher Alvin Cooper III to learn what a haberdasher is, men's fashion, tips and tricks for curating the essentials we should all have in our closets. So take a little inspo from Alvin, pour yourself something fancy, and enjoy. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. It has been. It's been way too long. But tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what a haberdasher is. Gotcha. So Alvin Cooper III um, is my official name. No middle, <laughs> no middle name, so I've got to use the third. Uh, otherwise, they think of my dad. Right, right. For right. credit reasons. Exactly. Um, but I, Denver native, grew up here, loved Denver. It's my home, lived downtown. And gosh, haberdasher, that, I love that word because no one knows what it is. Or, I know. Or most people don't. Yeah. Um, they think, well, because I wear a lot of hats usually, which of course today I'm not, but um, they think I do hats. And I'm like, no, that's a milliner. But haberdasher is kind of this old 13th, 12th, 13th century English term that, you know, basically is about men's clothing, men's, you know, accessories, clothing, that kind of thing. And I thought, bringing that term back people want to know what I do and so it's an easy conversation starter so basically I do custom menswear so help guys dress better look better present themselves better etc I love it Alvin is always like so stylish thanks I better be, I better be right <laughs> you better be yes <laughs> and he does what is your hat collection like is it it's huge it is pretty big yeah um, the hat boxes have become like in tables because it's like I don't know what to do with them and then I have them on the wall yeah it's 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 a good problem but it's a problem uh, I, trust me the addiction's real in this house of yeah, like shoes and yeah, clothes it's absolutely. terrible tell us a little bit about what kind of custom clothes do you make for men so a lot of different options um, the easy obviously is formal so you know your tuxedos that kind of stuff for guys that need the formal stuff for weddings or events. But then I do a lot of business wear. So, you know, that's going to be suits, sport coats, trousers, dress shirts. Um, but then a lot of what I have been doing, mostly because Colorado is a fairly casual place. Yeah. And then obviously with the pandemic happening and people working from home, casual became the big thing. You know, I've got to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know? But... A lot of my clients didn't want to wear sweats at home because that's not how they do business. Right. So I do a lot of casual stuff. And so I kind of like to call it elevated casual. So um, everything from like chinos and five pocket pants and shorts to knits and, you know, and like a knit, for example, could be a polo. It could be, you know, a half zip, a quarter zip, full zip. I mean, there's, you know, Henleys. There's lots of options with knits that I can do in different fabrics and and same with like casual pants. So you've got, you know, cottons and tech fabrics and wools and four-way stretch fabrics. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you can do. I love that. I'm still waiting. I asked Alvin years ago for a custom, like, shirt dress. Can we make this happen? Let's do that. So I, <laughs> let's do that immediately, right? All right. Let's let's stop right now. Yes. Get the tape measure. We're going to have to break. Bag. Yeah, I got the bag over there. Yeah, that would be so much fun. I have not done one. I've been wanting to do one. And I just actually did a custom velvet sport coat for a female friend. I was going to say, do you do women as like women's clothing as well? <laughs> right, let's, 
Sorry, Julianne. <laughs> so, so here's the caveat. I have a hand, well, I've done a few pieces for women, but they have to understand, like, you know, the jacket is a menswear cut, but it's made for your size. And so it actually, the, the velvet jacket that I just did and delivered, it fit her perfect. And it honestly looked better. I mean, it looked like it was a female's jacket. Yeah. Um, so, and I've done, I think, two females that have gotten married in menswear suits. I've done them in... And they were more of a menswear cut, and they love that, you know, because that's what they were looking for. I feel like that's kind of the style right now. Yeah. Kind of the oversized boyfriend, like, jacket. Absolutely. So. Well, we are we are behind. When I was in Italy, what was it, 2017 or 18, everywhere in Milan you would see the late women walking around with, like, you know, a, either a boyfriend-type jean or a skinny jean with a top, and they were wearing you know, an oversized menswear suit jacket as like their outerwear piece. And I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. They'd roll up the sleeves. They just looked chic, cool. And it's finally trickling over here. So, it is. Yeah, let's do one. Well, you just came back from Italy. But what did you see fashion-wise? This podcast is sponsored by Glamour Bar Denver's online shop. Have you ever wanted to try any of the products we've mentioned in an episode? You can shop all of our products online directly through GlamourBarDenver.com. And we'd like to give our listeners a little discount for supporting us. So use BizOfGlam15 to receive 15% off your order. Now, back to our episode. What, what do we need to be ahead of? Well, <laughs> um, I would say, I mean, it's still a lot of... Well, right now you're seeing a little bit more in like menswear side. You're seeing a little more oversized kind of coming back a little bit. You're seeing some of the high-waisted things that kind of happen in the women's wear side are starting to trickle over to men. I don't love some of it. You just got to, I mean, you've got to do it right. Yeah. And you can't, it can't be like the stuff from the 90s, right? Right. And some guys are like, oh, well, I can rewear that. Like, no, you can't. <laughs> They're like, hold on, I still have these old navy yeah. jeans in my closet. I'm yeah. going to whip those out. Yeah, it's like, no, it's done differently. <laughs> yeah. So I think a little bit of that is coming back. You know, I, I love a little single pleat maybe with a cuff, depending on the guy. But otherwise, just keep it simple. I mean, too many guys, at least in Denver, don't have the basics. So it's like, let's not go there with trendy until you have basics. What would you say the basics are? Stuff that fits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fit is everything. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. And it's it's so interesting. Like, I do my fittings when I have a new client at my tailor shop. And I would say probably like 80% of the, the people that go there are female because they understand that you got to have stuff that's tailored to you mm -hmm. and guys for some reason just they'll buy it off the rack and it sort of fits and they just wear it and you're just like really get the pant cuffed and hemmed a little bit yeah the, yeah so fit to me is important i just spent the day yesterday with my um seamstress yeah getting things altered <laughs> getting all measured up yeah I, th I think it's huge i mean well then the things that are comfortable actually fit properly yeah well and i'm very short so i always have a problem with pants so yeah. i'm always needing the pants brought up right did you always have like a passion for fashion there you go there's your tagline <laughs> right. passion for fashion um yeah it, so it happened for me i always tell the story because people ask well how did you do start i was gonna say like tell us more about you and how you got into it 
So it started, I would say it started before I was born. Uh, my mom, one of 13, no, not one of 13, one of 10, oldest girl. They moved here from Louisiana when she was in high school, and she's petite, and she learned how to sew because obviously they didn't have a ton of money, and she learned how to sew and made her own clothes so she had stuff that fit. And when she met my dad at CU, they were a young couple. Yeah. They got married. They had me as a, you know, at a young age. And, you know, they didn't have a ton of money. And so all I remember as a kid is when you wanted clothes, you went with mom to the fabric store. You looked through all the different fabric books for patterns and all of that stuff. And once you picked out a pattern, then you found the fabric. And then mom made you this cool little outfit. And it was cool until probably about third, fourth grade, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, then you don't have the Levi's or whatever was trendy. Sure. You know, even though my stuff was actually better and better made, it just, I didn't look like everyone else. And so then it wasn't cool. But I grew up kind of appreciating textiles and fabrics and patterns and understanding that process because my mom. And then I was involved in the process. So ladies, if you want guys to dress better, it's sort of on you teach your son get them involved <laughs> yes. in the process if you have kids right get the son involved in the process so that he appreciates and enjoys it and i think that's the biggest thing don't just pick it out for him yeah Make him be a part of that process then he understands it and, and then values it i think mm -hmm. versus you just picking it out and he has what he has well and i think learning what fits you right, right. and like what kind of cuts because i'm sure do you kind of help guide people i'm like not every cuts for everybody right so you kind of learn that, I think, as like a girl going shopping. Right. You're yeah, like, oh, that doesn't work. Right. Exactly. That doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah. Should you be in a two button or a one button? Yeah. Or the, you know, the fullness of the pant or the length of the pant, all of that stuff. I mean, we guys are a little simpler than you, than you females are. But yeah, the right fit matters. Yeah. But then, you know, how do you, based on your body type, there's things that you can do. And, you know, there's the tricks of the trade, right? If you're a you know pear shaped and all of those things there's things that you can do to kind of minimize some of our your what are perceived flaws right in fashion but yeah i think helping guys figure that out is important mm -hmm. so fit is everything yeah yeah for those men out there absolutely <laughs> don't look sloppy no um tell us a little bit about how you find that right clientele like, is it a lot of females, like wives, girlfriends that contact you? Or do you meet men and they're like, they're like help me. Yes. I'm out there passing fashion citations. <laughs> exactly. Like, as they walk by, I'm like, Sarah, come, come see me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was like, how do you find these, these men that like are into fashion or just even want to like have clothes that fit them? Gotcha. Great question. So a lot of it is just being out and about. Um, because so it helps that I wear the clothes and so I'll get you know a guy walking by and be like that's a great jacket or whatever and the conversation starts and then it's an easy transition they're like well what do you do I'm a haberdasher oh what's that right and then I explain what a haberdasher is and they're like I need your card let's I don't like to shop yeah so I get a lot of business just being out right and wearing the clothes and looking put together so I can't show up to Whole Foods on Sunday morning in sweats looking like a hot mess, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I don't have sweats that look a hot mess to begin with, but, you know, I have to be mindful of that because I meet people and potential clients everywhere. But um, I do get referrals from significant others. Sometimes it's, it's interesting. That's a tricky one sometimes. <laughs> 
I hate the way you dress. Please see Elvin. <laughs> right. Because like, right. then like his feelings get hurt and then there's, he's pouting in the corner. Yeah. He's like, he, I hate Alvin. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah then he's resistant. And, you know, then, then he's weird. He doesn't want to meet me. He's like, I don't know. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. So sometimes I'm like, look, if you buy him a custom shirt or a sport coat or something like that as a gift and then you set it up then it's usually really easy and then for them they're like man i should have shopped this way my whole life this is so easy he comes over you you pick the stuff and or he i pick the stuff for him and and it fits and they don't have to think about it and so it's easy but you know referrals it just kind of depends you know it's it's a it's sometimes it's tricky for the significant other to make that introduction sometimes the guys are like oh yeah i hate shopping and and she doesn't know what to do she doesn't wear his clothes right. so why would she be picking it out yeah you know, she doesn't want that job anyway no so so yeah women, like actually my appointment at later this afternoon it's because you know the wife <laughs> she's <laughs> so, like i we have an emergency yeah, i need you we need an intervention. <laughs> but then i can say stuff because feelings don't get in the way that she can't right right you know i can say dude you gotta throw those shoes away that is that is not acceptable but if she says that you know it's a fight right it's an argument or whatever listen not i'm single but not that i've done this in the past but i have just had things disappear i have no idea where you put them yeah. Maybe you left them somewhere. Exactly that. At the gym. I don't know. <laughs> right? The dryer. Right? I don't know. <laughs> no idea where that went to. You, you sometimes you got to do that. <laughs> Otherwise, he'll just wear it until it's shredded, right? Yes. So. so do you kind of help guide and go into their closet and see, like, what their style is? Or are they kind of more so reaching out to you and saying, like, I need a custom shirt you know, I have a hard time finding pants that fit. Are you kind of helping guide what is already purchased for Um, them? Kind of all of that. Okay. There used to be a time where I would say 80% of it, I would actually go and do a closet clean out and look through that hot mess. But now after doing that for, I don't know, a year, I pretty much can look at a guy (laughs) and I know what's in his closet. Yeah. Rarely am I surprised. Um, sometimes I'm surprised in a, a good way, but it's usually like, really? Like this one, t- I'll, I'll never forget it. I won't say his name. We'll call him, we'll call him John. Okay. I go over to John's place. He's got his, uh, his home office closet full of stuff. We're going through it. And, and I'm like, so he's telling me he's pulling stuff out and all of it's just awful, right? It's way too big. He's not a three X or a two X. He's like a large, he's just a bigger guy. And we get to this piece that was fantastic. It was a orange crush velour fubu jumpsuit that still had the tags on it. And I'm like, John, tell me about this. <laughs> Where were you in your life, John, it, when it you was, bought this? Yeah, and, and why haven't you worn it? Uh, yeah. First of all, it still has tags on it. I said, look, here's the deal. It, this is amazing, by the way. This is like vintage. You can, you kind of can't get rid of this. Right. But the only time, because the minute you, I tell you to take this out and send it to Goodwill, you're going to get invited to that theme party, and you're going to have to go rebuy it at Goodwill. And so I said, the only time you can ever wear this is if you get invited to the theme party, but keep this in the closet, because this is, this is worthy. And who knows? Maybe that'll come back. Right, right. And 90s I, are back. Yeah, and it's, that was kind of amazing. But most of the time, I don't really need to see their closet. I know what's going on there. 
Or I'll just have them take a picture of their shoes, a couple pair of their shoes, and yeah, we're good. I don't need to see the rest. Yeah. We're going to throw all of that out. <laughs> we're going to replace, but after, we've got to get some stuff in, because I don't want you to go barefoot, but yeah. Do you feel like once you're going to meet with them and they wear something custom, that they're hooked, and so they do have better shopping habits of yeah. kind of transitioning? Yes. It's... And I kind of warned them at the beginning. It's kind of a love-hate relationship at the, for a while. Because they get that first shirt, that first pair of pants or jacket or suit or whatever we're doing. Because we always start with one item in that product category. I want to make sure we've dialed in the right fit before we have like five shirts ordered. Mm-hmm. right? Because um, rarely do I make a mistake, but you know we might need to tweak something. And so I'd rather just have that on one. Well, usually what happens is they get this shirt and they've never had a shirt or a jacket or suit or whatever it is fit so well that they wear it today and then tomorrow they've got to wear some of that other stuff in their closet and now they're upset. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, yeah, see, all of that stuff really sucked. (laughs) So so it's an interesting relationship at first because they're excited and then they're not, then they're unhappy because it's like, now I've got to wear this other stuff because I don't have enough. And so, and it's a process. And some guys don't have a big budget to start with. Some guys do. And, you know, we can really get after it. I mean, I had one guy during, during the pandemic and he had lost some weight and he was a fun client to work with. He was like, look, I'm ready to redo my wardrobe. I wear suits every day. He's a big time attorney. Let's rebuild my whole wardrobe. So we got to play all pandemic long and we built a $50,000 wardrobe that year for him. Um, it's pretty amazing. I like that. I know. I was, I was, I was, I was like, too bad this stuff doesn't fit me. I was like, Alvin, you need to call me on these big ones, and I want to come over and just be your assistant. Yeah, it was, be it like, was cool. I'm Alvin's new assistant. I need to see what's happening here. Yeah, we some, we've done some cool stuff. He, yeah, he's just a cool guy, so it's, it's fun to work with him. I think when men especially, I mean, I don't have a problem with spending money on clothes right. or any of the beauty fashion industry um but i think when men hear custom they're thinking a lot of money right so but i feel like when we've talked before it's pretty like it's not as expensive as like one might think not that you can't get there true true yeah there is a little bit of a misconception and here's an example like some guys will go to well, I'm going to buy it on sale. I'm, I'm frugal. I'm a bargain shopper or whatever. So they'll go to, uh, you know, I won't say a name of a, a store, but they'll go to a store. They'll spend like 60 or $80 or whatever on a shirt. They've got to drive there, first of all, spend who knows how long trying to shuffle through all right. the racks of crap, try on stuff that doesn't fit, then find a few things and then go home. And then they're like, well, this doesn't fit that great. And the few that actually go to the tailor and then have it altered and spend another 20, 30, $40 to drive there to do that and then go pick it up. I'm like, you could have had a custom shirt that fit yeah, that, the right the first time, you know? And so like shirts, as an example, range from as low as like $118 to 200 bucks. Right, so it's not crazy expensive. I mean, you can do suiting starting at like seven fifty, and go up to three grand. But you know, my two thousand dollars suit would retail for about ten thousand right. dollars because I don't have the overhead. But you're buying high end Italian fabrics that are made for you. You pick the details, or I pick them for you. 
you know, so it's a very different experience. So it's not as expensive as people think, but the stuff lasts a lot longer. Mm -hmm. So you're not replacing it. And so you kind of cost per wear. Sometimes you, people don't think about, but it really, when you're buying custom and higher quality fabrics, it's just better. And it fits you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's our number one rule. Exactly. When it comes to fashion. It's got to exactly. fit. <laughs> for those of you who are watching on YouTube, but then you get to like pick, or I pick your buttons and your stitching color and lapels and collars and all that stuff. It's so fun. Yeah. I already have a couple outfit ideas that I need you to design for yeah, me. Right. Yeah. I was like, I already, I have a jacket that I saw online, but they only had like a large available. Yeah, you're clearly not a large. So I'm going to need your help to recreate this and I could make it better. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, tell us a little bit more about like your creative inspiration. So when you are choosing for somebody like the buttons or the patterns or like what kind of works for the person or what does your kind of creative process look like? Um, it starts before we order and before we start working together, mainly because guys are interesting creatures. We're, sim we're kind of simple. Yeah. Right. And so, which is okay. But I think the beginning uh, is meeting with that client and understanding who they are and what they're about and what their lifestyle looks like because some guys are really conservative and some guys are more open and some guys you know I know when I can push them and when I need to kind of back off it's like he's the hidden button down collar no placket white button single button miter cuff never gonna veer from that small pattern to solid like I had one attorney, it took me two and a half years to get him to add just a little bit of <laughs> texture in a shirt versus just the plain blue and white. Right? Yeah. So you got to know that. And so sometimes with those guys, I can get creative with the lining of the suit jacket because that's not seen and I can feel comfortable about being wild. Right. And so other guys, I get to have a little more fun, the more fashion forward guys. And, and so it's, it's an interesting, and so like for me, I just look at, all right, how are you going to wear it? But then also for most guys and most clients, it kind of needs to be versatile. They need to be able to wear like this shirt with four different things because they don't have a vision and they're kind of like, for those who are older, the granimal version of shopping. It's like, well, this animal goes with this <laughs> animal on the pant you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. And um, so, but some guys I just get to have fun with and, and like I have a, a client that's an interior designer and so he he gets to be because he's a designer right he gets to be a little more creative in the way he dresses and so we, I get to push him a little bit yeah you know but he's also from Kansas so his boundaries still are there right even though he lived in San Francisco and now moved to Denver he's still got some walls that I haven't got around <laughs> yet but yeah we'll get there. you're gonna get that how do you stay creative Personally, um, I, gosh, I look at a lot of stuff, um, but I, I think from a creative perspective, I, I try to be diverse with not just looking at fashion, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I do like get the magazines and honestly like GQ and Esquire and some of the men's fashion magazines are not a whole lot of fashion and most of that. Right. And the stuff that's in there is just so far fetched for most guys. It's like, Oh, so-and-so is on the cover and his outfit is like $40,000. 
that's not realistic for right. anyone that I know yeah. personally. Um, and so I try to look at, A, what people are wearing when I travel. You know, Instagram is easy because you can travel without traveling. Right? For sure. But then I also, like I love, I live in the museum district, right? So I go to the art museum. I look at that kind of stuff and that kind of gets me inspired. And so, you know, being creative, you know, I, I was an you know, I was in the arts, and so I started. I started painting again in 2019. So I don't paint as much as I'd like to because I'm busy, but I try to keep that going. Um, during actually during the pandemic, during the what I call I jokingly refers to the grocery store hunger games. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, know, you couldn't find toilet paper. You couldn't nope. find I'm like where where's the ketchup, the mustard? <laughs> like, what's happening? People? The weirdest things disappeared yeah and I'm like, from well, our lives i know i'm like well at least i can still buy my green tea and stuff and then like one week that stuff was gone mm-hmm. like come on people and so during that whole hunger games period in our, our our life i love flowers i love having some fresh flowers periodically and so that was what i started looking forward to every sunday when i went to the grocery store at 8 a.m is buying like um hand bushels of different types of flowers and then it kind of became my zen thing on sunday so every week i create a new arrangement and i usually well i wind up having about four arrangements worth of flowers because i'll try to buy like three to five different bundles of different types of flowers yeah so that's kind of my sunday zen moment to just like relax so i do that every week and it's kind of nice I was like, I'm laughing because that is also my favorite pastime. <laughs> so I used to do floral arrangements at Glamour Bar all the time. And everybody's like, oh, it's the old Southern lady coming out of you again. Like, uh, you got to do your flowers and do all yeah. of the stuff. And I was like, it is so peaceful and zen to, like, clip the flowers and, like, do yeah. fun things with the, like. Agreed. Yeah. And. It is nice. It is. And then it, they look good. Like there's a little <laughs> one in the bath, in the guest bathroom. And yeah. It, yeah, one where Teddy used to, Teddy stuff was. Yeah, it's it's kind of nice. And in some weeks the flowers suck, and you're like, all right, well, how am I gonna make this work? <laughs> but at least it, at least you know, if there wasn't ketchup and toilet paper, you could get some flowers. Exactly. Somebody was buying all those up. It can at least look nice. <laughs> exactly. It's like you're gonna need to use some of these flower these leaves. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you do besides the flower arrangements? Now I know that you're doing that on Sunday. I'm going to need to start doing this again. At yeah, Bar. absolutely. Well, and I, was, I post sometimes. They'll be on my Instagram stories. So okay. See that, that, that was me. I did that. Okay. What other things do you do to kind of keep yourself grounded or self-care? Um, besides, well. Do we do Your flowers. Yeah. Cocktails. Does that count? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's self-care for sure. Okay, so... And I, mental health and all... It's exactly. all of the things wrapped into one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have a huge home bar, but you would think I drink more than I do based on the bar situation at home, but I probably have a couple cocktails a week, but I love... I'm a scotch guy. Just was in Scotland, went to all nine distilleries on the island of Isla. By the way, it was amazing. It sounds um, amazing. It was. Lots of, lots of scotch. Amazing scotch, but... Um, I'm into, you know, craft cocktails, so mostly whiskey-based cocktails, but like what we're, I brought over like, today. Alvin brought us cocktails today. Yeah. I love a good guest that brings cocktails. Yeah. I mean, we're, I, I'm <laughs> get on you about the ice cube, but you know, whatever. I know. It's okay. You get a hall pass. You just moved. I just moved and I lost my ice tray for the big spears. Yeah. So we've got all these little ones, but this is a Dubonnet, 
Um, and it's a gin-based uh, cocktail with uh, Dubonnet Rouge, um, gin, a, um, a little bit of lemon in it. It's, it's fantastic. It is amazing. You can do it like on the rock or a big cube. For, I like it that way in summer, but yeah. then up, kind of like a Manhattan in oh, the winter. this so would little, be, yeah. You know, in a kind of a fancier glass. So, yeah, it's from the 20s. It's I great. love that. So I love doing some cocktails and things like that, but then... Uh, monthly pedicure, I think you got to do that kind of stuff. Men especially. Um, I was doing pre-pandemic had a men's pedicure event every summer and every spring, and so I need to. I'll start doing that again. Um, haven't we need to do the facial thing? We talked about it. Then pandemic happened. We were going to yeah. do that last time, and so I haven't delved into that much. But I know that's good. That skincare routine. Yeah, yeah. So I I do this whole skincare at home, but you know I've not done the facial thing. Oh, we're, we'll have to have Serena help you out there. So, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> um, what do you, how do you kind of find your ideal client for like, or what is your advice? I guess I should say for people like in the salon industry, you're looking for that ideal client, that right. perfect person that like really fits with you. Do you have an ideal client? And if so, like, how did you identify it and advice for anybody else in any industry? to kind of find those those perfect people for you. Gotcha. I think, like, for me, I have a couple of categories of ideal clients. Um, the easy ones are, like, CEOs, right? You know, they're public-facing. They've got mm-hmm. employees. They're in charge. They need to look like they're in charge. So those type of clients are good clients for me, attorneys, financial advisors, realtors, because they're public facing, right? So they need to look put together or they should, right? you know, in their profession. So that's an ideal client um, because they know, you know, image is important. I mean, they are their brand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I love the guy that just has no clue, right? Yeah. He knows he needs help. He just doesn't know what to do. And I just started working with a guy. Um, this week that's in that same category. He just has no idea. He didn't know what a chuckaboo was. So I educated him, and it's going to be a fun journey with him. Um, I love also working with guys who have fit issues because they, I have multiple clients, and sometimes I forget because I've done this for a while, that when someone puts on something and they've never had a shirt or like in this one guy's case a suit, he had never had a suit. He's a bigger guy that fit before in his life when we did his fitting at my tailor like his eyes welled up with tears and like he was trying to not tear up but he looked amazing but he had never had a suit and a shirt that fit before in his entire life yeah and in a way i felt it was sad i felt multiple emotions like i was sad but then happy that i could be the one to finally get him something that fit. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, it was a weird, cool moment to have with some Amazing. You know, at the tailor shop. It was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was random, but amazing. Um, so those guys are fun, you know, because fit issues are difficult. I mean, people look at me and they're like, oh, you can wear anything. I'm like, no, because I'm extra large with a neck, a 2XL sleeve length, a large chest, and a medium shirt waist. So buying a shirt off the rack is a disaster. Yeah. That doesn't work for me. Um, then the other, probably one of the more fun clients that I get to work with that I love is grooms. That is fun. The wedding industry, rightfully so, caters to the bride. Yeah. 
because we get it, right? The guy, we get it. The Listen, guys, that day is not about oh, yeah. the the groom. No, it is we, about the bride. Yeah, and we are, and we are good with that. Right? But you should look good. Exactly. <laughs> you need to be the best supporting actor in that motion yeah. picture. You cannot be looking like the help, right? You know, whoever. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, when you think about it. You know, the bride has this beautiful dress that, you know, yeah, she might have picked it, but it's custom made for her. And then how many, two frittings at least usually? Yeah. And it fits beautifully. Why? So that she looks and feels amazing on that day. That's super important. But then the wedding calendars say, all right, two months before the wedding, go have the groom and the groomsman go rent some ill-fitting crap. And Emmy didn't say that specifically, but basically it's saying that because we didn't, we forgot about you till now. <laughs> <laughs> and then they show up and they look awful. They don't feel confident. They don't look good. You can't Photoshop bad fit. Right. And the bride looks amazing. And yes, we get it. But man, if the guy looked half that good, he would stand up there proud, looking good, maybe get a compliment. And so I love doing a custom suit for a guy because A, he can wear that suit again or tux to other events. That dress is a one and done. Yeah. So I have really focused on trying to help those guys look good for their day. And then the rehearsal dinner, because, you know, there's other events surrounding the wedding. So many events. And then the honeymoon. Don't don't come with your board shorts and tank tops at your honeymoon, man, you know? Yeah. I can do a custom swim trunk for you that fits. (laughs) It's not that expensive. It's like, how much custom do you you buy off the rack at all? It's pretty rare. It's got to be a special piece. Yeah. That, and usually I have to have a tailor. Yeah. But I'll pick up some things here and there because it's, you know, I can't do it all. And, but yeah, there's some fun, you know, a lot of outerwear I can sometimes get away with, but, and I do custom outerwear, by the way. So there's some cool stuff with outerwear. I love it. Do you have any tips or tricks for anybody that is buying off the rack? And I think fit is just hard all across the board for women and men your best friend for off the rack is your get a tailor your tailor your tailor should be in your phone yeah mine is and i do custom stuff yeah and you know i still utilize a tailor because sometimes you know they can only do so much from the factory and sometimes you might want to tweak something Mm -hmm. or you might you know need something adjusted just a little bit so the tailor is your friend i don't care who you are you your tailor you should know your tailor's name Oh, yeah. Listen, Lucy and I are tight. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I know my tailor really well. My my previous one retired, and, and I, a new guy that took over, and they're great. I mean, I I'm, I, I should have a little name of that chair. <laughs> I kick people out of that chair. It's like, look, that's my chair yeah. on the left. You know, if you watch my Instagram stories, you'll see me. I try to take a picture while I'm there. You know, that's I do all my fittings there. I'm there all sometimes. One time I was there four times in one day because <laughs> I couldn't get these guys coordinated better. Do you suggest that people buy like in the larger size and then tailor it down? My recommendation would be by erring on the side of being a little bigger is better than small just because mass-produced clothing doesn't typically have the allowance and fabric built in on the inside to let much out, if any. Yeah. And so, and it's always easier for a tailor to reconstruct a little bit trimming down. So that's, I would recommend that way. And then can you see, so for anybody in the Denver area, they should be seeing you, but can you see people outside? Can they like send you like outside of the state? Can you 
they send you kind of measurements and you can order and kind of help customize? Yes. I like 80%, 85% of my business and clients are here, but I have clients in Florida, Seattle, New York, uh, Texas. I have a guy, he's moved from Kansas to Oklahoma to Texas. I've never met him. Um, so yeah, I can, because we, I have a virtual measuring app with my brand partner that provides my product for me. Um, you know, I can, I have ways that, you know, I'll have someone double check measurements for me and then we can do zoom and yeah, there's technology now. And so, and if they want to fly me out, I'm happy to do that. I have clients that I do go see periodically. Um, but yeah, it doesn't matter where you live as long as it's in the U S I have a guy that I met in Scotland that's in Germany and he's like, can you work with me? And I'm not sure how we're going to figure that out. We'll work some. I'm sure you'll work I'm your like, magic. Fly me to Germany. And yeah. I don't know. We'll figure it out. So. Just maybe like every quarter. Exactly. A little trip to Germany. Exactly. So I know you were saying your mom kind of made the clothes for you kind of growing up. And yeah. so that kind of created this start for you. But I don't think we got into how you actually became like a haberdasher. Like, do you just pick up one day and you're like, I'm going to do men's clothing? Like, yeah. (laughs) So actually, how it kind of started is I was a corporate HR guy for 10 years or so. A couple of layoffs, trying to find the plan B, entrepreneur, all of that stuff. And I was working for Nike, um, one of my, the companies that I love, founded the same year, first pair of shoes, 100-something pairs of Nikes. I'm a Nike guy, right? (laughs) That was a dating requirement. You gotta wear Nike. Yeah. Um, been the headquarters, the whole deal. I was doing some product training um, at the Nike Town store that we used to have in Denver, and I met a guy that is now a, technically a competitor um, that did custom suits. And I was like, well, that's an interesting profession. And, and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And so I started looking into it and trying to find, once I figured out that that was an option. Um, looking at different companies that could provide product because throughout my career guys would always ask me for help with fashion Mm -hmm. and so my only option was well meet me at the mall and they're like well this place sucks I don't want to go there (laughs) and I'm like I know it's hard to find stuff in the fit problems right and so I would do that for fun but then once I figured out that there was a custom option I started looking at for vendors to partner with and we closed the Nike store and I just wanted to stay with the brand. And so they owned Cole Hahn at that time. And so I took over running that store in Cherry Creek Mall for, gosh, I don't know, three years or whatever it was. And while I was there, I found the brand partner that I currently use. And I started my business independent, working with them one guy at a time until, you know, basically I worked every day because it was like either I was at the store or I was meeting with a client on my off days until I had enough clients that I could walk away and you know then I became the entrepreneur and you know as you know like you talk about in the business of glam stuff it has its moments right and the first gosh few years while I was it was my side hustle you know it was a good thing to be a side hustle because I didn't need to sell a guy a suit or a shirt to be able to pay my rent or eat and so I could be a little more chill about it um, but then there became a point where I didn't have time to do both. And there were still some ups and downs. Now it's all up. I mean, business has been amazing because um, there's, you know, guys that just need help and it's fun. Mm-hmm. 
I know that growing the business. Yes. It's tough. It has its moments. You're like, hmm, was this a good plan? Yeah, you're like, what was I doing? <laughs> what, can I go back? <laughs> it's like, but I don't want to live at home, so I better figure this out. I know, right? <laughs> you you figure it out yeah, one way or another. Exactly. Thanks for Julianne putting up with all my business, right? Yeah, it's been, she was a huge support. Still is. So. I was going to say, how do you kind of balance your lovely wife, who I love, and kind of having your business and personal life and all of these things. What do you have secrets to kind of balancing business and personal? No. <laughs> I, mean, I, I was like, know. the balance is rough. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know that there. I don't think that balance is a reasonable thing. I think there are seasons, right, mm-hmm. and in your life, and I think sometimes you have to really focus, and sometimes. But you work hard so that you can play hard, yeah. right? So, like, I was gone for two and a half weeks. And I did a little business while I was there. You know, I answered some emails. I sent some texts. I made some calls, blah, blah, blah. But I think depending on what you do, some you can totally disconnect. But, like, what I do, I can't really disconnect from. But I love that. I love it. You know, and now my roles are starting to shift. A little, not dramatically. I will always do the custom stuff. But what I found is... You know, I have a lot of influence with the guys that I work with client-wise. And we have conversations about, you know, travel and their style. Because style isn't just your clothes. No. It's what are you, you know, what do you order if you go to Starbucks, yeah. right? You know, what do you drink? Are you a beer guy? Are you not a drinker at all? And you, you know, have club soda, whatever. I don't care. But how, what is your style? And so... I wind up having a lot of conversations around other things. And so I've started to and will continue to grow this part of my business is more on the consulting and blog posts and influencer stuff, you know, because travel, like I love to travel and how can I do that more and get paid for it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and those kind of things. And so when you figure that out, will you let me know? Yeah, we're going <laughs> to. Right yeah. I was like, I also would love to be a travel influencer, Yeah, but how do you define style? Because you're right. It is so much more. Like, I feel like when Serena did an interview with me, she asked if I had always had a passion for, like, beauty industry. And I remember being three and Cindy Lauper being, like, so cool to me. And I, she was, like, an inspiration. I was like, she's so cool. She, like, expresses herself through clothes and hair and so I think that, like, depending on what you want your look to be, like, I'm always changing it up. Yeah, and I think I think style should be an evolution of your personality and stages of life. But some people are scared to experiment. Mm-hmm. And that is unfortunate. So that's where our job comes into play. Yeah. Right? You know, you push people out of their boundary to try something different with makeup or hair, you know, you know, just their beauty care routine, nails, extensions, whatever, right? And so I think it's our job to help people because people don't really know. Style is a weird thing. I don't know that you can really define it. I mean, because someone was like, will ask me, what's your style? Depends on the day. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> it depends on who I'm meeting with. I mean, yeah. Like, there are days where I change clothes two to three times in a day, depending on who I'm meeting with. Like, this is my third outfit today because I'm meeting with different people. Like, my client this morning 
he's a financial advisor, so I wore a suit. Yeah. Because I knew he needed a new suit, so I wanted to show him a different concept of what I think he should do next. So I wore a different type of suit to give him an idea because these guys, we're all visual, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think just, I don't know, style is how you, how you express yourself in all aspects of life. I don't think there can, it can just be clothes or just your job. Right. I think it's kind of like everything in life. It's a big mix of everything. (laughs) Um, what is your worst because you said something like it should be an evolution. So, I mean, what we wore in the 90s is coming back now. I don't totally advise it for anyone. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but I think that we do evolutionize like throughout. Do you have a time that either was like your favorite fashion or that your worst fashion moment? Well, or look. I loved, I loved the high top fade that I had for too long. <laughs> it is hard to like graduate out of a look, it, you know? It was, it was too long. New Year's, December 30th, 98, I shaved it off. I had it probably two years too long. I had it maybe six, seven years, seven years. Yeah, it was just a touch too long. I thought, I'm never getting rid of this high top fade. It was amazing. I cut it myself. Every week, it was beautiful. I I'm sh- going to need a photo of this. Uh, we yeah. need a throwback yeah. Thursday. Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll find one. Yeah, it was... I mean, yeah, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> it just stuck around, because you yeah. do get stuck oh, in, yeah. Yeah. in things. Gosh. It's easy. I, sh- I, went, I voluntarily shaved my head bald, and uh, the, the ladies loved it, and I stayed with it. And, you know... And it's easy. Yeah. I haven't brought I haven't bought hair products. I threw away my brush, all of that stuff. And so I shave it every week voluntarily. Um, you know. And some guys are like, But you you can grow it. My mom was always like, But you can still grow it. I'm like, I know. <laughs> but I'm just gonna shave it off. And one I think I won't let it grow like three weeks and oh my god, it was kind of a nightmare. I was it was itchy. I was gonna have to buy hair products. I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. It's gotta go. Just stick with it. Yeah. I think that because I was like, you have classics, right? Mm-hmm. And so is that where you usually advise people to like invest that yeah. money into is like, what is your classic piece? Is yeah. it a suit? Is it yeah, the every, shirts? Yeah, every guy should have a good suit, a few classic pieces, you know, like a five pocket, a chino, some of the basics. And then from there, you can kind of dabble and experiment, but do it the right way, like one of the things that I don't know to me right now it's kind of annoying is everyone wearing and this has been going on for about two maybe three years now the guys with the suits throwing on the sneakers and it's fine I love that trend but if you're gonna do that the pant length matters yeah you can't wear the full break double break pant cuff with the wide it just doesn't look right it looks like you forgot to change your shoes when you got to the office, <laughs> you know. Or you also see, and I love ESPN because sometimes I get my fashion don'ts from ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what are we doing oh, here? Yeah. Well, it's like, so you watch these guys and it's like he's got the, the striped shirt with the solid color uh, collar. Then he's got the plaid jacket the lapel flower that's totally different color and then the pocket square that's exploding out of the thing and I'm just like 
wow. That's like visually <laughs> overwhelming. I don't know what to look at. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. And then, the, then he's then if they're wearing glasses, then they're a totally different color. You're like, I don't even know what to look at. Right. right. Now. I'm confused. And that's a problem. Just edit a handful of those things out. Pick one or two. You know, keep keep the solids, and then pick like the shirt to accentuate or the pocket square or something. But minimize some of that. And it's like you don't need to do all the trends all at once. Yeah. So I think that's great advice. Yeah. So kind of going back to self care. What do you do for like skincare or so we're doing pedicures? Yeah, pedicures are. I actually just had one yesterday, um, and I actually recently did the shellac pedicure. Oh yeah. Yeah, I stepped it up. Are you still doing black? Always, always. Yeah. Always black. Keep it's, it simple. <laughs> it's the signature. It's my signature. <laughs> they try to they try to make me do other stuff. I'm like no 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 black. Okay, well. In the influence world, the men with the skincare, yeah. I'm like, what are we doing in here? Yeah, I, I have tried to figure out how to address that a little bit. <laughs> um, I probably need to expand my horizons on the skincare piece. I'm fairly simple. I, you know, I have a face wash. I have a toner that sometimes I remember to use sometimes it most of the time I don't that's okay right? I do the same right. toner's not the most important right so I, <laughs> you know but I have a face wash that I use I have and then I have a moisturizer and I have two different moisturizers my day which has SPF 30 because you know I, I got my tan early I don't need <laughs> I'm trying to protect this <laughs> I was like but SPF is so important absolutely I mean and I'm, and you know, if I'm out playing golf or in the summertime, I'm wearing SPF like when I'm wearing shorts and t-shirts and all of that yeah. stuff. I mean, you know, I don't need a tan. I got one. Um, the sunspots are real. Yeah. That come out in older age. And I just had a, a conversation with my, my buddy, Buddy. His name is Buddy. That's funny. Like, <laughs> my buddy, Buddy. That's so random when I say that. And he's in Minnesota. And he's my, my, my fair skin a brother from another mother from Texas. Yeah. And he just had a, a Mose treatment on his nose. And, and he was like, oh, I just thought they were going to come in and a little scrape a little. Like, he, they filleted him, and he's got some big old bandage. And I'm like, well, that ain't pretty. And, and it's crazy. And he's like, yeah, I probably should have been wearing some sunscreen. We're yes. Back in our beach volleyball days. I'm like, yeah, dude. I said, I have a tan, and I'm <laughs> ready, and I'm wearing sunscreen. Yes. I thought you were, too. It's not just to protect you from not getting a tan. Right. It is actually protecting the skin. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. So I have a, a, you know, a moisturizer in the morning that I put on that has SPF. My nighttime one does not, right, because I'm not in the sun. Uh, I love some chapstick, but get a good chapstick and get chapstick during the... If you have two, I have two chapsticks. Yeah. My nighttime one that has no SPF, my daytime one that does. Mm-hmm. Not that hard, right? Yeah. Um, and then I am a huge proponent of quality soap. Now, I'm a bar soap guy. I can't get into the liquid soap stuff or whatever. I just, I don't know. That so, is a boy thing. Something about that it's just a, don't work. Guys love bar soap. Yeah, it just it feels, like, <laughs> it feels like, I don't know, I don't know why. I don't know why. It's like... Um, and, and I jokingly have a soap dealer that she makes custom soap, 
you know, goat. She has her own goats and all of this stuff. She's Alvin amazing. even customizes his soap. Yeah, she's. she's I a, need to step up my game. She's amazing. <laughs> and actually, if, if she doesn't move, I, I need to talk, reach out to her. If she doesn't move to Hawaii, we we, we were supposed to do a collaboration, so and do like a custom soap that I would do with her. So I need to reach out, and I just got busy. Um, but I love a good bar soap. And, you know, if you do it right, the soap lasts for a long time. I tend to be a non-fragrance guy, but she has a few that have some fragrance that is not, because it's natural and essential oils or whatever, you know, it's, it's great. So I think that is important. Yeah. Um, and I, look, I even do a little sunscreen on the head, right? Um, you know, if I'm not wearing a hat, I put it I up know. there. I was like, Alvin gets a gold star today for all of his, like, usage. Yeah, the things that I haven't done is facials need to do that need to get in in that game um and i don't know you probably you could tell me well i think we're men lack and so i come from a world of plastic surgery and i'm gonna gonna just call them out my dad is like super vain yeah (laughs) it's where i get my vanity from um and so i feel like once you hit a certain age and about there all of a sudden you're like, wait, what am I doing? Like now I do want Botox and all of these things I've made fun of all of these years or I need serums and I'm like worried about these age spots or whatever is like kind of popping up because you can run, but you can't hide from that age. Right. Well, you just had, I just listened to your podcast with uh, the... Um... Oh, my acupuncturist. Yes. Yeah. I was like, oh. Yes. I was yeah, I kind of need to go back and look at that episode. You know, I'm not getting any younger. I'm and about to have a she, big birthday in a couple, in a week. She looks incredible, too. Like, I was like, whatever what magic it? you're doing, also, I need this. Yeah, so, you look good, by the when way. I hit my 50s, I'm like also looking like Tamra. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, I think, well, I drink lots of water, all yeah. that, you know, all that stuff, right? I fill up a pitcher every morning and try to down it by the evening you know and if i don't then you know i feel sad about it for a minute and then i get over it and then you forget I'm like oh well i had ice in my cocktail yes it counts <laughs> water but i think that then you're trying to backtrack and you're trying to fix the problem where you can do preventative to yeah. add in the serums and add in different things that are helping correct or prevent from having anything even come up to the surface right so a lot of men start a little too late and then they're having to correct and then you're spending more and you're kind of like working backwards. So maybe what we should do is let's do like a collaboration. Show me what, teach me the ways. I am going to show you the ways. You know, and some <laughs> other stuff. Cause yeah, I, and here's the deal. I don't, I'm not trying to mention a brand name cause I'm like not paid by them yeah. or anything, but it's a nicer brand of, a face being a cleaner and that kind of stuff, but I'm sure there are better. And, you know, I get, I get pitched by some of the network marketing company stuff and I'm sure their things are good. I, I just haven't taken the time to really investigate, you know, what their product claims are. And Well, you know, on our next that. episode of business of glam, we're discussing what medical grade skincare means. I am. <laughs> so works. it's, 
it is a big, huge difference is kind of using something that's more medical grade versus, but there's like things that you should invest in, kind of like the custom pistas. So it goes into the beauty world too, of there are things that you can kind of get away from and, and buy a little more inexpensively or kind of upgrade and not spend so much and things that you should be adding in that are actually going to make an impact and a difference in your skin. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm interested and let's yeah we could do a little segment that I could because the reality is guys listen to me on this kind of stuff yeah. so you know I'm sure I could educate and help but I need to learn some of that other stuff too yes I was like you, we need to prevent so funny story my dad um, is a big golfer and he has all sorts of sunspots on his hands mm-hmm. so also like pulled out like this is a trick just not for women but our necks show our ring lines like a tree show our age so all of your products should just be moving i put it on my hands like the neck decollete like you need to keep it moving but he has major sunspots on his hands and one day i came home and he had his hands wrapped in towels and i was like did you cut your like i thought he had an accident and like yes i was like what happened and he was like uh, I read somewhere that if you soak hydrogen peroxide on your sunspots, they fade. I was like, take those towels off right, right now. You're, <laughs> like, like, yeah. You're like, come on now. I was like, yeah. no. <laughs> like, why don't you put some sunscreen on those bad boys when you're golfing or keep your golf glove on? Exactly. You know, I wear, I have, well, when I was working, running that store, you know, you're constantly dealing with people. So I'm like kind of. A germaphobe, but not a major germaphobe, but you know, I'm washing my hands like yeah. all the time until they were cracking off because it's so dry here. And so I started using the, the Kiehl's hand lotion. Oh, yeah. You know, and it was amazing. And I constantly, I mean, I have some in my bag. I have, you know, every night and, you know, sometimes at night during the winter, I'll put the lotion on and then I'll put those gloves, you know, whatever the gloves are. Yeah. And I'll sleep with those on, you know, and, and they're pink. <laughs> the last one's like, oh, they're pink. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, they're comfy. Yeah, My hands exactly. Feel like baby. Yep. It's good. I love it. Yes, we're going to do a collaboration. Okay. Let's we're going to teach you men how to take care of your skin. Let's do it. Because, kind of like the bride and groom, you don't want to be with somebody that's like anti aging, right? Going backwards, and then all of a sudden you pop up like all broken out and wrinkled. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Put some lotion on. Yes. Well, tell everybody where they can find you and get in contact with you. Um, Instagram. It's easy. It's it's the number one. Instagram is easy. You can find me at Alvin Cooper. Um, I have two Instagrams. Uh, you can link from that. My mo- product one is Denver Haberdasher, so you can see like all the stuff, right? And I try to post there. I've been a little slacking lately, but. Um, you can see information there as far as just like client clothes and product stuff that I'll do. Um, I have a website, cstyled, c-s-t-y-l-e-d.com. Um, that's where you're going to start seeing a lot more blog posts and info and, and you can see everything from just kind of what I do, obviously. And there's a video about, Hey, this is what I do. And so you can kind of see the process, but then, you know, some info and photos and things like that. And then, um, blogs and things. I just posted a blog about, Hey, if you're in the five things to do in Milan, if you're only there for a short window, I'm about to post one on, uh, Venice since I was just there. Um, 
we'll do one on scotch there's a pedicure one men get your pedicures yes take care of yourselves do some self-care yeah you know you can sneak in and pretend you don't have to get color on your toes Mm -hmm. but you know it's good yeah she'll appreciate it (laughs) he or she you know whatever your partner is they will appreciate it yes amen to that well, thank you so much for joining you bet. us thank today. You. And thank you for the amazing cocktail. You're welcome. This was refreshing. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And keep kicking butt. Thank Excited. you. Thank you. We'll do a collab soon. Sounds good. Stay posted. <laughs> I'm Lindsay Wilson, and you've been listening to Business of Glam. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and don't forget to subscribe, review, and download this podcast. If you're ever in the Denver area, be sure to come by and see us at Glamour Bar. Until then, stay glam.